You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConforta. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up along with my man, Brian Baldinger. Boy, you get tan. Look at you, Baldy. I mean, you've been at all these camps. Yeah. I've been I've been just in the scorching sun, you know, like at all these uh, scrimmages that have been going on around the league last week. I was at a bunch of them. So uh, you're just we're just talking and looking at football, you know, so it's it's kind of hard to stay out of it because it's been hot everywhere we've been. No doubt. The, the, the heat is everywhere across the country. Uh, we got a few things to get to the, in this edition, guys. Again, subscribe, like us. You can watch us on YouTube at uh, In The Huddle Pod. And make sure you tell your friends, guys, as the season approaches, you do not want to miss any of these episodes as we break down the National Football League. So, Baldy, let's start with the news late yesterday. Jonathan Taylor, okay, we're taping this on Tuesday. Uh, this came down late Monday that the Colts give him permission to seek a trade. This is new news because Jim Irsay was not doing that a few weeks ago, right? We just thought this was going to be a stalemate and maybe Jonathan Taylor sits out. Now he's given permission to seek a trade. What happens? Because, Baldy, I got to break this down. When (laughs) the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey, okay, they gave up, or should I say the 49ers gave up, a 2023 second third and fourth round pick and a 2024 fifth round pick that's what it took to get Christian McCaffrey is that what it's going to take to get Jonathan Taylor well you know even Adam Schefter said last night there's no first round pick you know for Jonathan Taylor he's a second round pick to begin with the running back position it's clear that Jimmy Ursay is like we're going to build around Anthony Richardson we're not building around a running back and that's you can say that's not the right way to go. You can make all the arguments. Jimmy Irsay is like, I'm not paying a running back in today's world. That's basically what he's saying. It's not that he doesn't want Jonathan Taylor, but from the very beginning, my take on this whole thing was I'm not paying a second contract or an extension to a running back, even one that led the league in rushing two years ago and was their best player. Like, I'm not doing that. That's not how you win Super Bowls. That's what we're about. They paid Peyton Manning. They built around Peyton Manning. And they were an elite franchise for a long time. So to me, Jimmy has, he has a blueprint. Like, give me the quarterback. Let's build around the quarterback. I don't care if we, like, they were three and 13, Peyton's rookie year, 1998. Like, he doesn't care if he's three and 13 this year. If he's got the right guy, they're going to build around him. And so we're not paying the running back. And that's basically what a lot of teams said. Now, it's it the, the stink is bad. It's it's bad on it, it's because if you're Quentin Nelson, if you know if you're any, you know you're you're Kenny Moore, like you're a great player for the Colts, 
you're like, what are we doing? Like, we're not, are we really trying to win games? Or are we just rebuilding? Because to me, it's like the build is on. You call it whatever you want. Like, the rebuilding. So, but it's like it only takes one team, Carl. It only takes one team that says, like, I'm almost thinking the Jets just signed Dalvin Cook, right? Would the Jets rather have Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't they rather have Jonathan Taylor? I mean, nothing against Dalvin, but if you could get, uh, you know, so I mean, like, I don't know who's interested. Zeke just went to New England. Like, who's out there? Like, I'm not trying to put the running back with the team right now because I don't know, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's going to be a team, and it just takes one that says we'll take them, and here's a second round pick and a fifth round pick. I. I'm sure the negotiations will be on, and Jimmy's just like, let's just get him out of the building. Let's start this rebuild. Yeah, um, obviously McCaffrey was a game changer for the 49ers last year, right? Their their whole offense changed. I just don't know if Jonathan Taylor can do that for a team that's willing to go in and maybe give two or three picks for him considering, you know, his age and and, and where he's at in his career. When you think about, like, in 2017 when, when McCaffrey came out, you know, with Fournette and Dalvin and all the guys, Aaron Jones, all the guys that came out of that draft at running back, Alvin Kamara. Like, McCaffrey had a skill set that made him, what was he, a top 10 pick? Yeah. Like, you know, it was Fournette and then it was McCaffrey, like the eighth pick, whatever it was. Like, you still have to, you still get paid on your draft status and where you got picked. Um, You know, and so that affects things. Like, but nobody's, Nobody's going to give the Colts a first-round pick. Jimmy Ursay would love that. Like, he would gladly do that and start the the rebuild. But I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, what you said about McCaffrey, I don't think it's going to take that much because I think Indianapolis is motivated to move on and get this behind them. I do, too. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle with you guys here. Odyssey uh, podcast. Check it, check it out wherever you get your podcast, right? Wherever you subscribe. We're talking NFL. All right, so a uh, couple of things. I know you've been around the Ravens. I want to talk to you about that. But the Ravens streak of 24 games in the preseason, winning 20. They hadn't lost the preseason. Yeah, they hadn't lost a preseason game since. It's 2015. 20- Correct. Yeah. That is a long time. Now, yeah. it is the preseason. I'm not going to get overly excited about it, but mm, – I mean, if your team hadn't lost since 2015, it is kind of a big deal. And last night they lose to the to the commanders. But uh, I thought the commanders kind of overdid this. I mean, the celebration was like a little over the top, wasn't it? It was. But at the same time, you know, they're trying to – I mean, they got a new owner, Joshua Harris, <clears throat> Magic Johnson. They've got a new offense coordinator. Like, there's a lot of changes in Washington. And I think a lot of these changes are good. Like, you know, the quarterback played really well for him last night. Uh, some of the young draft picks, Emmanuel Forbes, looked really good. Um, I think they're going to be able to run the football this year. I'm happy that Eric Bieniemy never backed off his, you know, what, however he coaches. Coach him hard. Like, live with it. Like, it's if you win games, none of that is going to – travel it'll all be forgotten you know so I think you know for Washington who look they were eight, eight and one last year they beat the Eagles to stop their eight eight no win streak to start the season like I think there's some and you look they, they showed that photo last night of training camp last Before year after, yeah. buzz. you you see this year there's a so I feel like they're going in the right direction and if it 
like some things, like I remember, I, I'll give you a story. Like I went, I left Indianapolis and I went to Buffalo in my 11th year. They were just beginning their Super Bowl run. And Marv Levy was a coach and they got a Hall of Famers, James Lofton, like all these guys everywhere, right? Bruce Smith. And we go to Kansas City for a preseason game and we get beat 35 nothing. Like, there wasn't one ounce of panic in that team, Carl. No, no, <laughs> zero. They, they could care less. Yeah. Honestly, like, it didn't, it wasn't even a blip. It wasn't like, okay, we got to sit on this bus to the airport and keep our mouth shut and we have to act a certain. It, it, they just didn't care. You know, like, th- their preseason was about something different. And so I think for some teams, winning these games and how you do it, you know, just watching. Trey Lance bring the team down and win the game the other day against, you know, the Rams. And, you know, like there's a little celebration with Trey and things he went through the week before. Like it's just different for different teams. Yeah. um, And I agree. I mean, I always say Baldy, the preseason doesn't matter. The work does. Right. And that's, that's, that's that's for me. Well, all these guys who talk about, Oh, the preseason doesn't matter. You got a new quarterback, new coordinator circumstances dictate whether or not, it matters more to other teams. So, yeah, I, I'm happy for the commanders from the standpoint. New ownership is good for the league. We've talked about it. And I think Josh Harris is going to get a new stadium. I think, you know, sponsors coming back is a big deal. Um, and the fanfare about how people feel about their team is important. Um, l- let's talk about the Ravens, though, for a second. And we haven't seen Lamar. I, I saw him again last night on the sideline saying, you know, I'm just ready to play. I hadn't played in a while. I want to play. He looked like he was having way too much fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he's connecting with his guys, right? I mean, there's a vibe there where he he is – you guys – I think you sense this. Guys like Lamar, right? Mm-hmm. The, the guys on that team, they like Lamar. And I think that's important when you are the quarterback and you are the leader of the team. But let's talk about the Ravens for a second because there are expectations – about how good this offense can look and what it's going to look like under Todd Munkin. And I know you spent some time with Zay Flowers. T- tell me about what you learned and what you thought about uh, about this Ravens offense. So, I, you know, I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now. Zay Flowers, he's a Fort Lauderdale kid. So many good players from this little area right here in South Florida. But, you know, he as soon as you meet him, like, there's just a positivity about him. Like, he just is a bright bright kid, big smile, but he's also very confident. And some, there's just some of these guys coming out of college now, Carl, they're just ready for prime time. Mm. Like it will not, and there's nothing against Odell Beckham. He's in his 10th year now, right? He's gone through injuries. He's grown up. He's a real man. Okay. He's very mature now. He's not the same kid that was like having little hissy fits in New York or just that stuff is over. But I feel like Zay Flowers is going to be the, the centerpiece to this passing game. Like, I think he'll learn from Odell, but I don't think he needs Odell to be a great player. Like, I feel he thinks the, there's nothing that he can't do on a football field right now. Just the way we saw Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or some of these kids come in and they're just ready to play. You know, Garrett Wilson last year came yep. in and was ready to play. Like, I, I don't see anything in Zay Flowers' makeup you could say, well, he's too short. He's not, he's not, sh- when you meet him, he doesn't look short. He doesn't look like he's a slot receiver. Mm. He can play anywhere. Like he's just, Steve Smith said it to me when he went up to Boston College and 
they did a pro day workout or something with him. He's like, this kid, there's nothing this kid can't do. Like he's got toughness to him. Like you saw last night, you know, look, the commanders blow coverage. He's wide open, but he still ended up beating all the pursuit into the end zone. I think this guy, like this is not your stick in the mud Ravens passing offense with him. There'll be a lot of short passes from Todd Munkin, long runs. You know, like you're just going to get the ball out of Lamar's hands, little West Coast principles. Like let's let's move the ball. If it's dink and dunk, whatever it is, let's spread them out. Let's read the triangle. Here's where you go. The coverage will dictate where Lamar goes. And I think I think we're going to see Todd Munkin have a great deal of success with this offense. In fact, Jimmy Haslam even told me the other day, like, this guy's going to be a head coach. Like, we screwed up. We had a, you know, we had Freddie was our coach and Todd was there. It was just, he said, it was just a messed up year. We chose the wrong guy, yep. but he liked Todd Munkin a lot in Cleveland, you know, and and I feel the same way about him. I, I feel like it's the right change for this team. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, um, I here's a funny story for you with, with Todd Munkin uh, when he was at Georgia. And he's coming off of, you know, back-to-back national championships, being the coordinator there. Kirby Smart loved him, relied on his experience a lot. Yeah. Because of his NFL experience. And, uh, you know, on on my show here in, in Atlanta, I uh, the first year um, with, with Stetson Bennett, who's now with the Rams, you know, I was was going after Todd a little bit saying, hey, let the kid throw the ball. Let, let him throw it down the field. So, you know, Baldy, uh, you don't think all these coaches listen, right? People always tell me, these guys, you talk to them, oh, I don't read the papers. I don't read, you know, yeah, digital yeah, right. These guys listen all the time, right? So I'm going week after week. Todd Munkin, open the offense up. And he has his presser. He talks like once a year, the coordinators uh, for Georgia. And in his, in his press conference, you know, he starts talking about, you know, I really I really want to open things up, but we got to be balanced. <laughs> and it was really funny because he was, he was responding to all of the things that, you know, we were saying about, hey, let Stetson Bennett play. Don't, don't protect him. Well, he did that. And they won two national championships. And the point is, He's flexible. And for Ravens fans, I'm just telling you, whatever is working, okay, that particular week, he's going to roll with. If the running game's working, he's going to roll with it. If, if Lamar's throwing the ball down the field vertically and they're having success, they're going to roll with it. And I think that was one of the reasons why he had so much success and why I think you're right, he's going to have success there with the Ravens. Well, we saw, we saw a couple things. One, um, the Ravens were – not to, to get carried away with statistics. You make those do whatever you want. But they were last in the league last year yards after the catch mm. last yak so, so that's important okay this is it's an important stat to track i mean you look at what they do in miami with tyreek and jalen those guys like they're at the top of the charts okay so not everything is a long bomb like high percentage throws runs after catch that's one thing then we saw a little bit last night of tempo and he's got different speeds of tempo okay there's there's a there's a time where we're, we're going to play every 16 seconds that's like Big 12 type football, right? Yeah, right, right. Time, it could be for a lot of different reasons. It could be to stop substituting. 
It could be to tire your defensive tackles out. There could be a lot of reasons to do it that fast. Okay. The last thing you want is three and out defense right back on the field. But there's so, and then there's get up to the get up to the line of scrimmage, hurry up, and then take your time. Pre-snap read, read the defense, allow them to not substitute, but yet let's get into the right play. So there's four different speeds that they can run at. Like that's a college thing, Carl, right? You you're watching the SEC every Saturday. So that's a college thing. And and that's part of the game that's really crept. And I think Todd's really good at teaching that and when to use it and when to step on the gas. So I think there's, I think there's a lot of things he's going to do. That's going to, that Lamar is going to really like. And Jay flowers is going to be, you know, you're going to see him everywhere. He's going to get the ball. I'm excited for a lot of these young players, Baldy. I mean, a lot of these guys that got drafted and we've been talking about for, you know, four or five months now leading into camp and all this stuff. And some of these guys are popping, man. Zay's one of them. A lot of these guys They're are popping, popping, Carl. And it's been going on. And this whole idea that you red shirt to fresh, you know, the rookies, mm. all, it's nonsense. You look at Seattle started five rookies last year. They're in the playoffs. If you draft the right guy, Carl, there's some guys that need the red shirt. You know, but like the Colts have said, Anthony Richardson's our guy. Now, they're going to – they'll struggle with them, but they're also going to be dynamic with them. So, I just think some of these kids, they've been highly recruited. They're five-star. They dominated the high school. You know, they, they dominated the college game. You know, Patrick Sertan was ready for prime time coming out of Alabama. Like, he's top five corner in this league. You know, Sauce Gardner was ready. Like, some of these guys, play them. Play them and rely on them. It's it's a whole lot different than when I played, Carl. A whole lot different from my generation. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends. We talk all things NFL. Baldy, tell me about this Aiden O'Connell, man. Everybody's buzzing about this guy. So, first of all, you know Aiden O'Connell was fourth round pick at a Purdue. Um, he he was a walk on at Purdue. Okay, walk on a string. When he started, he was the eighth quarterback. Okay. Like there wasn't any chance he was dressing for any games when he first went, <laughs> won the job for the last two years, had two games at Purdue where he threw for over 500 yards. Okay. Um, the coach there now is the head coach at Louisville. Okay. Like um, he elevated the program. So here's what they said. They said he was very smart and he was very accurate. Now, there's nobody that wouldn't take those two qualities about any quarterback. But he put Purdue football back on the map the way Drew Brees did. And when you watch him play, I'm not getting carried away, Drew Brees and Tom Brady and stuff. But, like, you know, when Brock Purdy struck last year as Mr. Irrelevant, it has to wake you up to the fact that there might be more of those guys out there. Maybe it's not just Brock. Maybe if these guys get the opportunity to play, maybe they a lot of these guys or a couple of these guys can go out there and play at a high level. So Brock Purdy is head and shoulders above Sam Darnold, third pick of the draft, and Trey Lance, third pick of the draft. Like he just is. So even his limited time the other day, he was he was just, he was just total control. So when I watch Aiden O'Connell, I see a guy that can take a hit. I see a guy that can throw the ball down the field with touch. I can see a guy that has command and throws the ball with accuracy and with anticipation. 
Like, I know it's preseason. I know it's the second half. Like, I know that. But you still see the qualities that are the qualities you need to be a frontline quarterback. And I don't, I'm not getting carried away with it, but he's thrown three touchdowns. I've watched every throw. It's not like he's making throws that, you know, if, if the guys on the other side could catch, he'd have interceptions. I haven't seen one ball like that, not one. And I've seen him in a lot of different circumstances. And I think there's just something there. And I think Josh McDaniels knows it. Mm. And I, look, the, the, the obvious connection is, well, that was a little bit like Tom Brady coming out of Michigan. And right, right. Nobody, and he didn't start early on and all this stuff. I'm not doing that. But, <laughs> but, but you say, like, there's something there that if something happens, you know, to, to the starter, if something happens to Garoppolo, maybe he can be the guy. Who, who mm. knows? Yeah, it's it is interesting. And and I do agree with you. I think we take for granted some of these guys, and I don't even want to call them lesser programs because I think that's unfair, right? But if you don't come from an elite program that has produced quarterbacks, okay, like Ohio State, for example, you don't get looked at the same. And I, I think the tape, Baldy, you you do Baldy's breakdowns, they're terrific. Guys, if you're not familiar with it, make sure you check them out. They're all over social media. He'll do it throughout the course of the season. But that's what this is about. you got to really watch and pay attention to these guys and go, wait a minute, did he just make that throw? Did he just put that over the shoulder? Did he just put that in a tight window? And you start to get a sense, Baldy, of maybe this guy's got a shot. And I feel that way about O'Connor. That's, I feel the same way. I've watched him uh, in the last preseason game because all of this hype and everybody's hyping him up. And I'm like, okay, let me see. He didn't disappoint. No. And so there's a couple other guys out there. I mean, you know, this Jake Hayner at a Fresno State down in New Orleans. Like they said that he could, he could, he, he might hit the way that he played. And he looked good last week. And then this kid in Jacksonville, Nathan Rourke, comes out of the Canadian Football League. He's from British Columbia, Canada. Um, you know, there's coaches out there that said, if you do your homework and you watch this kid, he's athletic, he can move, like he's been really good. He started the first preseason game in Jacksonville. Like nobody's talking about him. But it's just you just go and you watch them and you watch these throws and you watch the, the level of consistency and you watch his con- like command. And you just go, OK, like we watched Sam Howell last night. He looked pretty good. Yes, he did. And maybe there's something with Sam Howell. So I, I just think we're so in love. And look, the process, we can't help but, OK, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Like we talked about him over and over and over again. And we sometimes we talk ourselves into them and nothing against them. They all might hit. But Aiden O'Connell's been better than all of them so far. Um, you know, for whatever that's worth. So I just think that when Brock Purdy struck last year, it should be fresh in everybody's mind. It doesn't have to be at the top of the draft because we've seen so many misses at the yeah. top of the draft. And guys, that, and we don't see um, some of these guys until they fail. And we go, oh, this is why they failed, you know. Um, and so uh, I, I just think that Brock kind of made everybody think a little bit differently about when these guys get drafted and where they get drafted and what you might have if they get the opportunity. Baldy, let's talk about the Jets. Uh, hard knocks, been okay. I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's been fun. Um, but yeah, the third episode tonight, they were taping on Tuesday, Carl. Yeah. Okay. So the third episode, it, it hits tonight on HBO. 
and I'm sure we'll see Dalvin. I'm guessing he'll be a yes. part of tonight's episode. But uh, we found out that Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Now, how much is he going to play in their final preseason game? A series, maybe. He hasn't played a preseason game since like 2018. Uh, does this is this the right decision? Is this Aaron saying I want to play, or is this Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett saying, "Hey, I think you need a series or two? No, I think this is Aaron. I think Aaron's running the show. I think Aaron wants to play. I think he wants to. You know, there's still you know two weeks to go before two and a half weeks before they get ready for Buffalo on Monday night or Sunday night, whatever that is. Uh, now I think this is Aaron wanting to play, wanting to go out there and let's just, uh, let, let's, let's, let's give ourselves, let's look sharp. Let's be clean. Let's be sharp the way Garoppolo was the other day. We see yeah. Derek Carr, like let's put something out there on tape right now. And look, Patrick Mahomes playing a lot of football. Josh Allen is playing. Like, there's a, a lot of places starters are playing. Tua played. Like, let's let's go out there and play. Um, I don't think this is about, okay, we can't get our uh, franchise player hurt or anything. Like, I don't think there's any of that mentality. Like, let's, let's let our offense line go to work. Let's see the timing that we've worked on um, for the last month. I think – and remember, this is their fourth preseason game. So, because they played the Hall of Fame game, I think Aaron's just tired of being a cheerleader <laughs> on the sideline right now. Yeah, and I think he wants to get out there. I think he's itching to get out there and be with his team, the team that he wants to lead. You know, deep into the playoffs. So, I, I think this is all coming from Aaron. Listen, we love Aaron Donald. He is a future Hall of Famer, right? Rogers, but, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no, 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 not Rogers. I'm talking about Aaron Donald for the Rams. Oh. I'm, I want to oh. ask you a question about Quentin oh. Williams. Uh, because we, we always compare everybody to, to Aaron Donald. But Quinnen, is he the premier inside defensive tackle now in the NFL? Well, I feel like there's there's Aaron Donald when healthy, and he's in a separate category because he's done it for so long. But Chris Jones in Kansas City, who's being held out right now, was ne is the next guy. He he was the most dominant. Aaron got banged up this year. Uh, he was the most dominant defensive tackle in football. But Quentin Williams is right there. He's right on that level. In fact, I told Quentin probably like week 10 or 11 last year, I thought he was the best defensive tackle. Now, Chris Jones did it throughout the postseason, did it in the AFC Championship against Cincinnati. I mean, Joe Burrow couldn't drop back without getting hit by him. He did it in the Super Bowl game. So I feel like Chris Jones is there because he's done it in the postseason. But Quentin is, is right there. He's, he's right there and he's got a lot of help around him right now they're going to be an elite defensive front um they've got a bunch of guys Bryce Huff Jermaine Johnson this rookie Will McDonald who as you saw in Hard Knocks is a different kind of guy which <laughs> makes which is one of the things honestly Carl that makes football so fun yeah the locker room could be the the, the widest variety of guys and it, they don't really care where they come from how they act if they got to go get their eye pierced on a Tuesday, they got to get their eye pierced. But if they can play, doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Yep. Nothing matters. That's the, always the bottom line. If you can play, doesn't matter if you're a chatterbox and never stop talking. If if you never say a word, if you're the most religious person in the world, it doesn't it really doesn't matter um, if you can play? Yeah, it's the beauty of a, of a locker room. It really is. Yeah. Country boys, street guys, city boys. It doesn't matter. They all you all come together, and then you know. For one common goal, right? I mean, that's what yes. it's about. 
Let's talk about Tampa before we wrap things up because I'm wondering what your thoughts are about the Buccaneers and where they currently are. Um, we spent time in breaking down all of the, all of the divisions, guys. You can go check that out. They're, they're, they're online, as we said, uh, in the Huddle Pod on YouTube, and you can go check that out and, and take a look at what we talked about with all the divisions. But I, uh, I, I just wanted to see you know, what Tampa kind of looks like, and I heard Mike Evans say, we just want to know who the starting quarterback's going to be. <laughs> and I kind of laughed because, you know, you didn't have that issue the last two years, right? Brady was there. You knew what the situation was. And he said, we just want to know so we can kind of get settled and, and really start to feel like, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And he gave, you know, props to both of the guys, you know, Baker Mayfield. And he was like, listen, all these guys are professional quarterbacks. We just kind of want to know what the, who the starter is going to be. What's the situation there in Tampa, Baldy? Well, I saw them against the Jets uh, last Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was, and um, they got to put this offense line together. Tristan Morris is their best player. He's going from right tackle, left tackle. He's telling me technically some of the issues that he's having. Um, he's a right-hand dominant guy at right tackle. He was first-team All-Pro two years ago, Pro Bowl last year. Like, he's a top-flight tackle at right tackle. But he's trying to reverse it, and now he's trying to become left-hand dominant and it's no different than me and you eating our whole life with our right hand and trying to pick chopsticks up with our left hand and putting some noodles in our mouth or something. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And so he, he – but – and then we got to see what the health of Ryan Jensen's going to be. He's a difference maker. If they get the offensive line together, which was a miss last year, that will help. They were last in the rushing in the league. They couldn't run the ball at all. That will help. But I, I'm, I'm with Mike Evans. Even before Tom Brady getting there, Jameis was the quarterback. You know, like for almost every every year of Mike Evans' career, even when Jameis was throwing as many to the other team as to his own team, uh, he knew who the quarterback was. And that's a fair point by Mike. And that's why I think some of these teams, like Washington, Sam Howell's the quarterback. Like, let's just let's just establish it. Let's Anthony Richardson's our quarterback. For the same reasons that Mike wants to know. It's fair. Mike Evans is the only wide receiver in the history of this game. That for the first eight years in year, eight years of his career has over a thousand yards receiving in every year. The only player in NFL history. And it's not about him, but it's about okay, we need continuity. We need to go out to practice and know who our leader is. Like I'm with Mike on that. Yeah. And I maybe it will be decided after this weekend's games, but because I do think there's a real battle. Kyle Trask has looked good. A Baker has had his moments. So I don't know that. Todd Bowles has decided, but I, I'm with Mike that every receiver and Mike's an elite player wants to know those kind of things. Yeah. I, uh, if we're talking about where the bucks will be, they, I think they've got a lot of problems that they've got to overcome. And you said it, the offensive line is probably number one. I, I just still don't know what the run game is going to be like. And well, the I last think week of the scrimmage, they lost Russell Gage. Yeah. Their number three receiver. And if you think about Tampa in the year they won a Super Bowl, their number three receiver was Antonio Brown, who they signed midseason. And so Antonio Brown became maybe the biggest part of the passing game once he came on board. Their offense took off when A.B. got going. And they need a third guy. And they, they lost him. You know, and then you go, okay, well, are any of these tight ends, Otto, this, whoever's there? Are these the guy? They, they feel like, is Rashad White the guy running back? You know, who's the tight end? Who's going to be the third receiver? There's 
who's the starting quarterback. There's a lot of question marks just on the offensive side. Well, I think defensively, they look pretty good to me. Um, although Kalijah Kansi hasn't practiced yet because he tore a calf muscle the first week. He'll be fine, but they, they need him in that rotation pretty fast. Yeah, that's the kid out of Pittsburgh, guys, trying to shore up that D-line. Baldy, man, um, so excited to get the season started. I know we got to wait a couple more weeks. We'll get past this third preseason game. And then cuts, we'll see who gets cut and, and what happens there and what teams decide to pick up who. And then it's business. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're, it's time to get to it. So we got that kickoff game on the 7th and then obviously a full slate of games on the 10th. We will be bringing you new episodes, guys, throughout the course of the weeks, all the way through the Super Bowl and beyond. We're on every day or every week, should I say, of the season and even into the offseason. But we're excited to get back to the season. It's been a long offseason, Baldy, and now we're finally getting back to some action on the field. Are you headed anywhere else uh, between now and the start of the season? Mm. I, I might get over to some Miami Dolphin practices here since I'm down here right now in South Florida. But um, I'm kind of finished with camp tours and all that. I mean, everybody's kind of um, kind of all wrapped up with that. There's no more yep. scrimmages left. Yep. Um, it was interesting, though. Just one thing. Like, the Jets had a two-day scrimmage uh planned for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at their headquarters in Florham Park, New Jersey. And pretty abruptly, they canceled the second scrimmage. And it kind of left Tampa kind of in the dark. They ended up going over to the Giants facility and practicing. And when you hear about kind of what happened, there was a lot of brawls and, and fights and stuff like that. And then what happens is when there's like all these tempers and teams are a little tempestuous with one another. The fear is it carries over into the games and there's sure. bad blood. Sure. And the NFL is paranoid, not paranoid. I and mean, like, they don't want taunting. They don't want fights in the game. They don't want that, but they feel like it, it carries over. And I think it does too. And so now you might see this, like teams want to scrimmage and they want to practice with one another. They don't want the fights and the skirmishes, which is sometimes just part of the emotions and whatnot. But they don't want that part. But they want to get to work in. And so now I feel like the scrimmages are still going to be part of the preseason. But it might be just down to one day where you don't get this carryover uh, to game day. Because there, there's really nobody wants to see that. Nobody. And nobody yeah. wants to see anybody get hurt in that either. It's a great point. And we don't need it. The league doesn't need it. No. Uh, you know, again, you're right. The emotion, that's one thing. But if a guy gets the best of me on day one, and then I can't get revenge on day two, and then the game is a day or two away, and now yeah. I'm in my head about getting revenge on this guy, it becomes a distraction, you know? So, yeah. Big, big point, Baldy. Hey, man, great job as always. We're coming back at you guys later in the week. Uh, Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well. We're going to be talking all things NFL leading up to the start of the season. But we'll get past week three. We'll evaluate. We'll see what's going on. And we will talk to you guys later in the week. Baldy, have a great day. Everybody, thanks for being here. It's in the huddle. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 